All right, Bellingham, we know it's been a little while, but your girls are back. Malia. Did you miss us? <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Maria. This is Annika in Happy Valley. No, Annika, you live in Columbia. Fuck. This is <laughs> Annika in Columbia. And Maria in Happy Valley. And we are here to talk about Bellingham, the city of subdued whatever we decide to talk about. We want to get to know you, Bellingham. Both the well-known. And not so well-known. So we are joined as always by our quarantine co-hosts. Um, you know what? Burrito is getting a little bit chubby, and so we've decided to put him on a diet. Oh no. Uh, the, when, the last time we took him to the vet, the vet was concerned that he gained half a pound. And you know, like when I was there, it was like half a pound. Half a pound is nothing. But you know, I guess it's probably a lot when you're only like 15 pounds to start with. Yeah. <laughs> And then we kind of noticed his, his belly's a little bit bigger. So we've been giving him food in stages, and he hasn't been too happy with us. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, he'll probably come over here and start crying any minute. But you, your impression of him is really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it's what I imagine when I think of, like, a hungry, pissed-off cat. Yeah. It's like, give me food. I was so hungover this morning. And uh, <laughs> usually we feed him around 7. But I was um, I was in bed till like 8. And he, he jumped up and just started like hitting my feet as fast as he could and yelling at me. <laughs> I got up to feed him. Yeah, Maria is still nursing off a Zoom, Zoom party hangover. Uh, you know... It just, it, when the wine's flowing and you're <laughs> serving yourself, you don't see a reason to stop. Not no. like I was going to drive anywhere. Nope. I, I get it. I get it. How's, uh, uh, how's Romy? He's good. He also needs to go on a diet. Uh, oh. He, so at the back of our house, we have a kitty cat uh, door. Mm-hmm. And oh, no. when we first got <laughs> the house, Romy could fit through the door. He could fit through it. Oh, and <laughs> we didn't want him we going. didn't want him to go outside without us because there are some way places that he can escape and we just didn't want him going out when we weren't at home because he's he's an eloper. And but so when we're home though, we'll we'll just let him out there and leave the door open and he just comes in and out. But uh so I moved the thing that's blocking the kitty cat door. And yesterday, <laughs> tried to get out, and he got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and he was still trying to, like, like army crawl forward through it, but he, it couldn't even get around anything. So I had to go back into the laundry room and pull him out by both of his legs, <laughs> his, like, back legs. Aww. And... Then he, I mean, he tried to do it again today, so I don't think he's learned, learned his, his lesson. lesson. Quite yeah. Oh, Romy. But yeah, yeah. But so I mean, aside from that, he's good. He he really wanted to see the jackhammer action yesterday, which is why we kept him inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me about uh, jackhammering your house. That was pretty impressive. The pictures that you sent me. Yeah, I felt like I had so much power, and. Uh, 
Yeah, my hands are covered in band-aids because of the blisters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we have this concrete slab in the backyard that is cracked and has weeds growing through everything and uh and it's cracked all over the place. It's not just like one crack, it's like 12. Mm-hmm. And so we just figured well we would take it up. And so uh we're not entirely sure what we're going to do next, but we have a few ideas. So, uh, when that's all done, I'll, I'll post a picture of it, but it won't be for a while because it's going to be a very long project because um, landscaping can be expensive. So, yeah. we're going to do a little bit now. We're going to do a little bit more next month. and uh, Just kind of see yeah. where it ends up. Sounds yeah. good. I imagine I'd have to wear like seven sports bras before attempting to use a <laughs> You might, Maria, but I have a very athletic build, so I do not have that problem. Sarah's <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about it. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyways, uh, Maria, what is the hot goss in Bellingham this week? All right, so everyone should have gotten their stimulus checks, like if you do traditional banking and turned in your taxes last year. Um, I was pretty excited to get mine. Did you get yours, Annika? Oh, yes, I did. What is the first thing you spent? Is it Was it the jackhammer? Yes. Mm-hmm. That was the first, that was the first big purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, the second was not really what it was supposed to be for, which is paying off, well, paying one, down one of my student loans, mm-hmm. but I did it so that next month when I pay my regular amount for my student loan, I will have $200 left over from my monthly bills to do what I do anyways, which right. is you know, buy maybe. food, um, <laughs> from, and order takeout from Bellingham businesses, which yeah. is. Money's just okay. money. I mean, like, if you're spending a little bit now so you can spend more later, it doesn't, doesn't exactly matter which kind of money it is. Yes. I don't think the businesses care that much. I I got this giant delivery order from Oven, and I know Local Treasures is just later, but, oh, oh my God, Oven might be my favorite restaurant and my favorite pizza in the whole world. Yes. So good. And I, like, I had their salami with the spicy honey and, like, Almost cried. Oh. <laughs> I miss it so much. Oh, I miss everything. I know. Um, all right, so here's something that I think you'll think is amusing, Annika. Uh, today, I saw some pictures of an anti-shelter-in-place protest. It looked like it was happening by the Red Robin on Meridian. Blah. Blah. They were even wearing masks. It's <clears> like, <throat> they, I think, the cognitive dissonance. That must be going on to protest safety measures, but also think things are bad enough that you have to wear a mask to be outside. Yeah. Oh, no. And of course they were fucking by the Red Robin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fits, no offense. No I mean, offense I can get down with Red loves... Robin. Yeah. I. Maria, I would go to Red Robin if you were there with me, but that's about it. Uh. Oh, man. We have some pretty good memories of... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Getting some Jameson by Jameson. That's pretty good. (laughs) Yes, it's true. But, uh, yeah, no, definitely. Cognitive dissonance and... uh, 
It's just so annoying. Right? It just makes me so mad. People just don't like science. And you know, all the, the evidence, like there was one, um, I heard a, it was And they don't podcast. trust science. They don't trust science. I heard a, a, on a podcast recently that they were actually able to do uh, some, like a study after the, the 1918 Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. And the city that did like shut down social distancing, I think like Chicago or something, like their economy like boomed after like they went back to normal and they were doing great. And the city that tried to keep everything open to save the economy, it was like Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or something. It was Philadelphia. It, oh, we listened to the same podcast? Uh, no, but I read an article about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, they've like plummeted. So really, yeah. like, come on, people. We have we have evidence that says that you got to stop the virus first, and then things will get better. We can't just, like, pretend everything is normal and, like, just hope that it will go away because it's not going to happen. It's just, like, a, pro- a protest for this? Really? Ugh. I know. They're, like, I can't I even think... put into words how stupid it is. I know. But it's because these – it's – so many people in this country do not trust their governments. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really part of it. I mean, they also don't trust scientists. They don't trust... There's a lot of things they don't trust, but yet there's... But, like, radio jockeys, you know? Yeah. Them. them and, like, and, like, uh, blogs yeah. that are written by... People that don't know how to do any sort of research that also seems to hold a lot of validity, at least in in my Facebook with the people that would be participating in a in such a protest. They really love blogs, usually <laughs> with the word like, I don't know, living in it, like healthy living blog, mm. which means it's usually about a vaccine. <laughs> but that I don't want to go down that rabbit yeah. hole. But yeah, no, that's so how did that work out for them? You know, I don't think that they, like, got arrested or anything. Um, yeah, because when you put on a fucking protest in the middle of a pandemic, you put first responders' lives at risk, too. Because mm, if true. they have to come in, or first responders and police officers, because all of the pictures I saw from protests that happened this weekend about the all of the shelter-in-place and quarantines and things like that, you had to have cops come up when people got unruly and they had to have all this PPE on and yeah. So irresponsible. Yes. All right. On a, on a, I don't know if this is a more fun topic, but it is pre-leasing season. Woo! <laughs> I don't know. I, like I, I kind of came of age in Bellingham, had my first apartment here and everything like that. I've never tried to rent in another city. Um, so I don't know if like, pre-leasing season is like a common thing everywhere but it's so bizarre how like you know it's springtime you start seeing all the apartments with the signs and it's like you're not gonna be able to live there till august you gotta plan so far ahead to try to like move in bellingham i know i had to re-up my lease in january and you'd have to like pre-lease in april and then you'd finally move in in august so what are you supposed to like it's it's so hard to even like know what kind of places are available any other time of year. I feel bad for people that like move in and aren't on that like college cyclical schedule, which like this whole thing is obviously catered to. 
I wish there's like a like I know you can go to like apartments.com or Zillow or whatever and they'll kind of show you what's available but I always wanted a list of apartments that like like just like a list of apartment buildings in Bellingham even if there wasn't going to be something available just because it's hard to know what even is out there there's lots of like secret places I think that yeah it's kind of cool but I like I mean not that I'm trying to move because I've got a pretty sweet deal going on yeah I feel like it's pretty disconnected it almost reminds me of of cyber online teaching (laughs) (laughs) where where there's like eight different platforms where you can find similar information Mm -hmm. but not all the information and then there's some little spots where you can find it's yeah it's like you can find some of it on Zillow but then there's some things that are hi Romy welcome back um that are not on Zillow, but are on Craigslist, but not on Craigslist. They're on Redfin. And then you can go to the individual realty websites and find different things. And it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, I, I agree. I just want to know, because I live in, in Happy Valley, and it's like an ocean of apartment complexes. Not that it's a bad thing. But, like, I want to know, like, what are the people across the street paying? Oh, that building looks nice. Like, how much does that cost? I want to, I just want to know. I'm so curious. Yes, I agree. I mean, like, realistically, I know it's between, like, 950 and $1,500, but, you know, specifics would be nice. Pictures would be nice. I'm just, like, nosy. <laughs> yeah. You want to see what the layout looked like? Yeah. When they had it staged? Mm-hmm. I like doing that, too. All that stuff. Um, like, the, uh, the apartments on Samish that they just built, I heard that those are supposed to be nice, and I want to know what they look like and how much they cost. Probably wouldn't move there because it seems like kind of student oriented, but (sighs) oh well. Um, Let us know your fun pre-leasing stories and complaints. Like I remember one time, oh man, when I, my very first apartment that I I lived in in Bellingham was with my two friends, Hannah and Lyndon. And uh, this place was like this dump. It was like a, a basement that was converted into a three bedroom apartment in South Hill. Um, and so actually we had this like beautiful view of the bay from our mm-hmm. yard. You probably remember this place, Annika, cause we might've been carpooling to yes. like schools at this point. It's the yellow house. Um, this place is a dump. It was so gross. I had one outlet in my bedroom. And my bedroom, like, also connected to, like, this creepy-ass laundry room that was shared by the other converted units. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was, this place was so cheap, though. So I think our three-bedroom apartment was $1,100 a month. I think I paid $375 for rent. Yeah. A month. And I remember uh, we, when we toured it, and we were like, we, we need, like, we gotta get it guys it's so cheap even <laughs> if it sucks and so we we were so scared that somebody was gonna turn in their application form before us that we drove out to iron street at like six in the morning and just like sat in the car and waited for them to open <laughs> so we could be the first ones to turn in the application that's so much dedication i know i mean but it's a scary renter's world out there. Like, things get snatched up. Real quick. Real quick. And I mean, the the place that I'm talking about, I lived there six years ago, six or seven years ago. 
and um, probably six years ago. Yeah. I, I want to know what it's going for now. Like, I probably imagine, like, now they're probably maybe charging five or six hundred dollars a person. Yeah. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Which, like, that place is not worth <laughs> five or six hundred dollars a person. Which you would think. I do love South Hill neighborhood, though. It's beautiful. Oh, it's so pretty. The view of the bay is so pretty. The houses, like the ones that are actually owned by people and aren't like gross converted places, are, are really gorgeous. If I had like a million dollars, I think I'd maybe pick South Hill first. Yes. To live in. I'm close to downtown, too. Hmm. Close to downtown, <laughs> close to Fairhaven. Oh, I'm feeling all nostalgic. Uh, nostalgic. Uh, ooh, one last um, hot topic before we move on to our interview. Um, it's so. I was complaining about the, the, or not complaining, but snarking a little bit at the protesters wearing masks. But it's nice, like going to the Hagen, and you know, if I have to go and do a an errand, a necessary errand, like going out and seeing masks. Like I think people are having fun with it, like mm-hmm. making it into a fashion statement, and it makes me want a cute mask i asked my mom to make me one with butts on it and she said no (laughs) so stingy she's like i'm not gonna order butt fabric for you maria because you want to wear a butt mask i was like fine (laughs) like then i won't wear one no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i've got like scarves and stuff Um, yes but having a cute pattern mask would be fun too i don't know i have one psa about the masks Mm mm-hmm if you are wearing a mask, act like you're not wearing a mask. It's kind of like four-wheel drive. If you're driving in four-wheel drive in the snow, act like you are not driving in four-wheel drive and you still drive safely. Because what I'm thinking of is I've seen this happen a few times when I'm at the grocery store where someone in a mask will come up to an employee and get like right in their space and to ask them a question. And it's like, just because you have a mask on doesn't mean that you should not be social distancing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I've seen that where somebody was in a mask and they just come right up to an employee to ask them a question and the employee's like, ah, like six feet, six feet, please. <laughs> six feet. It only protects so much. It's not. Oh yeah. I saw a guy at the UPS store and he had, he was like, I don't know, he had, like, this tissue that he kept putting back in his pocket. He was, like, getting all up Ooh. into this poor girl's, like, bubble. And, uh, it was so uncomfortable. Yuck. It's like, uh, obviously, like, dude, you probably shouldn't even be outside right now. No. Um, <laughs> this is, these are the choices that you're making. Mm-hmm. Just have some personal awareness, people. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, I guess those are my hot takes on the topic for now, Annika. All right. Thank you, Maria. Today, our guest is Gary Pickering from, uh, he is the owner of 122 West Brewing in Bellingham and is also the owner of Click Monster. How are you doing today, Gary? I'm doing well. How are you both doing? Great. I have to admit, I'm a huge fan of 122 West. Uh, the Akita Japanese lager was actually the very first local treasure that we had on our episode, on our first podcast. Oh, wow. I missed that one. I'll have to go back and listen to it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Gary, and about your businesses. Well, 
Uh, my name is Gary Pickering, obviously. Uh, I have been in Bellingham since, when did I get here? Um, must have been right around 1996. Uh, came up here uh, to follow my banking career, uh, which I did for a bit, um, and then eventually transitioned into other things. Um, I, I went to school at Washington State University, go Cougs. Uh, my degree is in finance. Uh, in business administration. Um, spent about 20 years in banking before I got bored and, and started to do other things. Uh, the first of which was moving into uh, the digital world of web design and digital marketing and search engine optimization. Uh, and then also uh, played and still do some things in the uh, mortgage world, primarily commercial mortgages. And then of course, most recently ended up uh, taking out Melvin and converting. Awesome. Uh, so you kind of answered the next question, which is since this is a Bellingham question, what, since this is a Bellingham podcast, what brought you here? But do you have anything to add to that question? Yeah, I think what really brought us here originally uh, was a uh, job opportunity, you know, was uh, living down in South King County and found a good bank job that I wanted and uh, Bellingham looked like a great community. Of course, that was back in uh, 96 and uh, ended up just kind of saying, all right, we took, took the job and moved up here. And uh, to be honest, initially, uh, didn't like it a lot. Uh, figured, all right, I'll work here for the bank for a few years and then I'll go get a job someplace else. But uh, after a couple years, uh, Bellingham really grew on me and uh, decided uh, uh, to stay. And I've been here for 20 plus years and still love it. That's that's great. Um, so because you've lived here 20 plus years, we're hoping that you have a Bellingham story. And what we like to say is that it's something amusing uh, containing a person, place, or thing that locals who live here would recognize. I think probably I got a, got a bunch of Bellingham stories, but I think uh, moving to Bellingham initially um, was, uh, you know, it, it, whenever you move, it's definitely challenging and culture shock and trying to figure your way around. Uh, but I always used to laugh because we used to go to the the Hagen on um, Samish, uh, or Southside Hagen. Is that Samish? Uh, yeah, uh, right down there on, on Samish Way, and used to run into. Uh, I'm blanking on his name, but the the guy that was on the Drew Carey show. Um, oh, uh, Ryan. Ryan Styles, yeah. So, Ryan Styles. Uh, so always used to just run into Ryan Styles at Hagen. Didn't know the guy. Didn't know he lived up here. Uh, always thought that was pretty interesting, and and ended up uh, meeting him years later uh, uh, in the course of doing business. Uh, but, um, you know that uh, I don't know that. I don't know why I thought that was always uh, entertaining whenever I saw him at Hagen. He's such a he's got such a, a big stature uh, and obviously is a well-known uh, celebrity. So that was that was pretty fun. I often forget that Ryan Stiles lives here in town. Whenever I end up going to a, a comedy show at the the upfront, or you know, it gets mentioned. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, and it sort of seems like he's an urban legend because I've lived here I don't know like eight years now, and I've never seen him myself nor has anyone i know besides you now gary ever right. seen him <laughs> one of the few that spotted him in the wild so i haven't seen yeah, him i haven't yeah. seen him in, uh i think that last time last time i saw him was a couple years ago to a golf tournament so i don't see him too much anymore 
sense. Um, so we're, I'm going to move over to asking some questions about your businesses. I'm going to start um, first asking about 122 West Brewing. So why the, uh, why did you decide to open up a brewery? Well, it's kind of something I'd always been wanting to do. And prior to Melvin's misdeeds in Bellingham, I was a big fan of Melvin Beer, a big fan of all the breweries, to be honest with you. Uh, I think I got cut my teeth uh, on Boundary Bay uh, back, uh, I think when I moved to Bellingham, that was within the year that they had opened up. Uh, so had already kind of discovered that I liked craft beer uh, back in the 90s. And Bellingham kind of became a you know an incubator for lots of great craft breweries. Uh, so it was something that was kind of always on my list of things that I wanted to do. And with uh, you know the whole situation over there on Meridian Street, that became an opportunity for me to kind of come in and, and take over a brewery turnkey um, and uh, see how it goes. Of course, uh, my timing might have been not perfect, but uh, we'll we'll address that. We'll revisit that one in six months and see how it's going. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, why why the name 122 West Brewing? What does that Well, mean? 122 West is the longitudinal line that runs through uh, Bellingham. It's, it's called the Longitudinal Meridian, and we're also on the Guide Meridian, which is partly where uh, I understand the Guide Meridian gets its name from the 122 West Meridian. It also yeah. runs through a few of my favorite places uh, on the planet, uh, starting up in Whistler. Uh, love getting up there. Uh, of course, it runs yeah. through Bellingham, Seattle, Portland, and then... Uh, uh, down through Santa Cruz and then off into the ocean. Uh, so some great cities on the coast and also some great beer communities. I knew I felt a kinship with Santa Cruz when I was visiting my brother in California this summer and I couldn't put my finger on it. I'm like, this feels like the Bellingham of California, but I don't know why I feel that way. Maybe it's that longitudinal connection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is What is something about... Um... What is something about 122 West Brewing that you would want people to know that you think that they might not know? Well, I think a lot of people still think we're Melvin. So that's been the biggest, to be honest with you, the biggest uh, headache is uh, the perception that people think that somehow I'm associated with Melvin or somehow I had an interest in Melvin, the Melvin business prior to me taking over. All that is uh, emphatically uh, incorrect. Uh, I had no business relationship with Melvin Brewing. Uh, still don't. Uh, I ended up buying out their shares and most of the equity in that entity, um, save a few local investors, uh, many of which I knew from the business world. There's some local realtors and lawyers and investment advisors and some other people that have a very, very small percentage interest in the business. But uh, for the people out there who think it's still Melvin, it's not. It's uh, you know pretty much 100% locally owned. Um, uh, so that's kind of the first thing I always want to address. Second is, uh, you know, we're a great neighborhood uh, brew pub. We've got great food. Yes. Uh, we, our Rubens are great. You know, we're continually retuning our kitchen. We're actually using this COVID crisis to uh, spend a little bit more time in the kitchen and get our food dialed in. We've got a phenomenal brewer, uh, Robert Sanner. Uh, the guy's great. Uh, he is continually producing new beers. Sometimes he puts out beers faster than I can keep up with the <laughs> social media marketing of them. Uh, but he's always got something uh, in store. Uh, even through this pandemic, you know, he's launched, I think we've launched two beers and we've got a double IPA coming out. We've got another hazy, a variation of our really popular beer, which was called The Beach. Uh, and I won't share the new name with that one, but uh, you'll you'll recognize it as a as a, a relative of The Beach that we 
just recently had and sold out very fast. Uh, we've got a new Kolsch uh, and a new wheat, and they're all fabulous. And uh, I think probably one of my favorite parts of going to the brewery is uh, getting to try the new beers while they're uh, in the process of being made, uh, which is always great. So I'm pretty excited for those launches. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we're, not we're not afraid to keep producing beers and trying new things, and we usually have a pretty good selection of beers on hand. Now, a Kolsch and a wheat. Now, that sound like they are super up my alley. Those are two of my favorite kind of beers. Do you have a favorite thing on the menu currently, maybe a food item and a beer item that you would recommend to customers coming in? Well, not all, uh, my favorite beer uh, historically has been the Sultana, and it was oh, a double IPA. Uh, we are, it is, it is, it is almost ready. I mean, we could probably tap it any day now. Uh, this is be our third, I think our third or fourth variation of it. Um, as a small brewery, the challenge we have is recreating a beer over and over and over again, because we don't have consistent access to the same ingredients all the time. So we don't always know that we're going to be able to get the right type of hops to completely match a recipe. So we're always making little tweaks, little adjustments based on our ingredients. And also based on, you know, um, things that we want to, you know, change the flavor profile of the beer. But generally, Sultana has been my favorite. Right now, I'm really loving the lagers. Uh, the Akita is great. Uh, we have an American lager on right now. Um, and the Hazies have been, I'm a big fan of Hazy IPAs. I know probably a lot of people don't want to hear that, but they're, I think they're great. I think Rob makes excellent ones. And uh, the two Hazies we had on during the pandemic both sold out in less than three weeks. So... Uh, they're they're popular and they're uh, they're great and uh, we're gonna have another one of those out pretty quick so I can't wait to to get my hands on that one. That's great because I'm already out of my growler of one two two West Hazy so I'll be needing yeah, to pick the, up another one. <laughs> the new beach will be great so uh, we got to do another sticky trees that one uh, sold probably faster than any beer we've ever had. Of course, yeah, uh, six six dollars for a growler doesn't hurt move it out the door either. So no, no. Well, no, you're speaking my language with hazy IPAs. That's, I, those are my favorite. I'm with you on that one, and especially this time of year. And uh, I am a, I'm a big fan of the Sultana. I think that's like, yeah, new uh, the Sultana. We've typically brewed Sultana. the Sultana as a hazy, but this one is going to be clear. So uh, I've had it. Cool. It's it's great. It's not a hazy, but it still it still tastes like the uh, Sultana using the Sultana hops. So can't wait to get that on. Yeah. Uh, so you you just said that you did some of this. You do some of the so social media for One Two Two West. I do it all actually. You do it all, which which makes sense because um, that kind of leads us into Click Monster. Uh, Click Monster. I feel like I mean, unless you're using that service, it's maybe maybe it's it's something that I I knew it existed in Bellingham. I didn't know it was this. You were the same owner, which is cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's, I, I believe it won, it's won some awards, some of the Bellingham, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, best, best of the Northwest for best creative company. I think uh, maybe company. gold for okay. two or three years in a row, maybe four or five years in a row we've won. I'm not sure exactly. Um, I've, cool. I have a pretty awesome team uh, at Click Monster. So, uh, you know, they, uh, they, they get most of the credit for, uh, for being as creative as they are. Yeah. Can you give us like... Can can you give us like kind of a, a a description of what what all what all you do at Click, what Click Monster does? Yeah, the the elevator pitch, so to speak. Yes. Yeah, Click Monster is a full service digital marketing agency. Uh, we've evolved into that over the last uh, nearly fifteen years. Uh, 
originally started primarily doing search engine optimization, which is my specialty, uh, helping businesses rank higher in Google. Uh, and as the business grew, uh, you know, now we do search engine optimization. We're a Google partner. Uh, we run lots of Google ads campaigns. We do social media marketing. We own our own web hosting company. We do tons of web design and development, primarily WordPress. Uh, you know, I, I like to say we've kind of positioned ourselves as kind of a one-stop shop for a small business, a small to medium-sized business that just wants to have all their digital marketing and web stuff taken care of in one location. Um, and we have, you know, probably about uh, 400 clients right now, uh, with a, a good chunk of that uh, being in uh, Bellingham and Whatcom County. Uh, so COVID-19, how is that impacting your life and business? Yeah, crazy. Uh, not in a, you know, the, the impact is not great. It's uh, added a lot more uh, work to my day, a lot more stress. Unfortunately, with the brewery, we had to scale back pretty much immediately, and that means uh, furloughing about 22 employees, uh, yeah. which kind of sucks because we were just kind of getting our, you know, we only we only rebranded in July, and so I'm new to the restaurant business, so it's taken a little while to kind of figure things out, and so I feel like we were just getting to, you know, this point where we had a great team set up and everyone had everything figured out and we had, you know, we kind of had our direction figured out and boom, you know, got kind of taken out at the knees, so to speak. That being said, uh, it's been, a, it, we've taken the time to really learn a lot. It's uh, forced us to do things that we knew we were, that were on my list of things to do, so to speak, but never got to. For instance, um, I think on Easter, we did about 30 delivery orders via Viking food, which we love. Uh -huh. DoorDash and Uber Eats. And those were things that were on my list to set up, but I had never done. But through necessity, uh, we didn't have an in-house delivery method, nor were we really prepared or even thinking about having our food to go. And so we uh, quickly got on board with those three services. And that's that's been great, uh, but definitely a learning curve as well, figuring out you know how their margins impact our ability to produce food. But it's cool, we're getting a lot more food out there. Um, one thing we did almost immediately as well was uh, instantly knock our growler prices to six bucks or half off uh, for a 64 ounce fill. We did the math and decided that there was a couple reasons that we wanted to do that. First, uh, we can produce beer all day long if we want. Uh, and we had a lot of beer already uh, good to go. So we didn't want to be in a position where our beer wasn't being served fresh uh, or potentially we had to dump it because we didn't pour it fast enough. Uh, and we've never had to do that, so I definitely don't want to be in that position. Second, we thought it was great for the community. A lot of people are stressed about money. People love their craft beer, and if we can, uh, if it can be a win-win where we can sell beer at a discount and people can come and enjoy our great beer uh, at a very reduced price, and then we can still uh, <clears throat> pour beer and continue to brew new beer, uh, you know, we thought, why not? And that's turned out to be great. I think we're filling between 50 and 100 growlers a day. Um, and we're getting a lot of new clients in or a lot of new guests in that haven't been to the brewery, uh, that have heard about us from other places and they're, and they like the beer and then they try the food and they like the food. So, uh, you know, if I have to be, uh, you know, continually positive, the, the positive thing about COVID simply has been, uh, I think it's given 122 Westbring a bit more exposure for people that haven't been there, mm -hmm. uh, to try our beer and our food. So that's been great. Um. You know, the downside, again, losing losing team members and staff that we uh, uh, genuinely love and, and we want to get back. 
Um, and then, of course, the you know the detriment to the entire Bellingham economy is uh, unfortunate. But hopefully, we'll we'll get through it and uh, start um, you know get out the other side and start uh, cranking things up here in the next month or two. That's the hope. <laughs> So um, what can other community members do to support you and 122 West at this time? Well, it's just uh, supporting 122 West. And, you know, I kind of focus on the neighborhood in the Fountain District. Uh, um, you know, just, I think just, you know, supporting local restaurants and businesses as best you can while still remaining safe. Uh, you know, we have lots of clients that come in or guests come in and fill growlers, and we're happy to do that. And we sanitize them and we keep our social distancing. Um, you know, go out and, uh, you know, if you have, if you have, if you're fortunate enough to have the resources and still have job and income, uh, you know, continue to, uh, uh, you know, support the businesses that you liked prior to COVID. And uh, hopefully they'll all survive and you'll be back there in no time at all. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any thoughts that you want to kind of send out into the universe for folks listening at home? A message of hope, maybe? I just stay optimistic. I think that's uh, that's kind of what I like to do and what uh, our staff is doing. You know, we realize things aren't perfect, but um, be optimistic and, and don't be afraid to change. Change how you do things, uh, whether it's your personal life or whether it's your business. Um, you know, I could have sat on the fence and never got all my to-go deliveries set up, or I could have, uh, you know, woe is me and not gotten on the fence, you know, not gotten on the, uh, not been much more aggressive on social media like I have been. Uh, you know, running a business, especially a restaurant or brewery in these times, uh, is extremely challenging and definitely requires that the, that the owners and the team adapt quite a bit. And it's not just the restaurant business, you know, all other businesses. And I have other businesses as well that aren't retail. Uh, and, and we've had to make changes there as well. So um, even, you know, being a Internet a Google guy, uh, I, I Google all the time, you know, how other businesses are handling this in different industries and what they're doing. And it's great. You know, you can find hundreds of stories of restaurants and how they've made changes or different promotions they're doing for uh, COVID or the pandemic or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, you know, keep your eyes open, spend some time looking around, look for marketing ideas or business ideas or ways to make your business more efficient and more cost effective, but don't give up. Just keep, uh, keep plowing ahead and participate online and in, in one of the dozens of great local business networking groups uh, that you can find on Facebook. They're awesome for sharing promotions and business ideas uh, I know I'm in one for the Bellingham Bar and Restaurant Group for the restaurant, as well as several other for, you know, more general business. So uh, there's plenty of ways to stay connected and get support, uh, even if you're self-quarantined. That optimism leads us perfectly into our final segment, which is local treasures. In this segment, we do a roundtable sharing of something we ate, drank, or otherwise consumed recently that fills us with local pride. Uh, Gary, do you have a local treasure that you want to share with our listeners? Well, well give me a second on that. Uh, I tend to, we tend to eat out a bit. So, uh, no, you know, I, I think uh, Bellingham's loaded with local treasures. You know, a, a shout out to all the breweries out there. They're always making great beer. I, you know, uh, me and my friends go out at least, well, we, we used to go out at least once a week uh you know, uh, on Tuesdays when 122 was closed so we could go out to another brewery. And I think we always struggled whether we were going to end up at Structures or Menace or Gruff or 
uh, boundary or Colchin or Chuckanut or, you know, any of the other breweries. We've been to them all. So I think all of the breweries are excellent local treasures and great places to go and get a great cross-section of different beers. Um, uh, that's probably, you know, I guess I'll, I'll stick with the breweries because I could probably go on. But, you know, you know, Bellingham's fortunate to have great breweries and we are very fortunate uh, as 122 to be part of that group. Yes, I would agree. I think Bellingham is pretty much the infinity gauntlet of beer, <laughs> where each beer. one is a special little uh, infinity gem. And it, mm. gives, it gives us all the beer power. Um, Annika, do you have a local treasure that you want to share this week? Yes. Uh, this week, uh, Pure Bliss posted a picture of Funfetti, Funfetti Cake on their Instagram, and I got on Viking Foods and ordered, like, right away, and that was my local treasure. I just... I, I don't have a sweet tooth, but every once in a while I see something and I'm like, I need that right away. And, and Pure Bliss does a great job with their social media. You look at those pictures and you're like, oh, oh, I'm hungry now. Yeah, definitely. It always makes me, their cheesecake is amazing too. Um, I'm going to wrap it up with my local treasure, which is the She Wore a Cranberry Beret IPA, which is the new IPA from Wander. They're selling it in tall boys at Hagen and you can probably go pick it up from their brewery too it's really good uh pretty light and refreshing and it's got that nice cranberry bitterness to it and for springtime just like fruity beers are all I want to drink so thank you Wander you're my local treasure this week oh yeah yeah I'll have to try that one for sure yeah so thank you so much Gary for joining us and doing this great interview we were so happy and grateful to have you well, we, I appreciate you having me, and you guys have a great weekend. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. All right. Yeah, thank uh, you. With that, we're going to say stay healthy, Bellingham. A little more subdued, Maria. Please stay healthy. <laughs> Perfect. that wraps up city of subdued podcast for this week you can find us uh sundays we're putting our episodes up on spotify thanks so much to jeff figley for providing the music for our podcast and for annika um for doing the editing